Hey cousins, welcome to Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. Welcome cousins to this episode of Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. I'm your host, Cornell Wright, the People's Lobbyist. Today let's talk about the 2020 census and what we need to do about and with it. Grab one with me. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas is intended for the participation of responsible adults of legal drinking age who wish to engage in substantive virtual discussions and social drinking for entertainment purposes only. Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas does not advocate the abuse of alcoholic beverages. Choosing to participate in any of the drinking activities shared in the program should be made with moderation and caution and is the sole responsibility of the user. So cousins, keep wearing your masks as I'm continuing to offer and suggest to you not only take care of yourself, but think about the other cousins around. Those who may not be as quite as good a health as you, but we all need to continue doing it to take care of each other because it's important. So cousins, you've heard about the 2020 census. Many of you participated in 2020 census, and to all of you who did, thank you. For all of you who didn't, uh, I'm sorry, wish you would have, but uh, you know they, the information moves forward without you. So cousins, here's one of the things that's important about the census. The census was a part of the original Constitution, and as you know, this show kind of has a real foundational base in the Constitution, good and bad, and recognizes the modifications and benefits that have been put in place in that great instrument. One of the things that was put in place originally was having a census of the population to go forward. Now, most of the times a census had been used prior to that for really two purposes, one for taxation and for property confiscation, meaning the government would come in and said, hey, you know, all of you uh, people live in this area, you need to pay some money. For those of you with your biblical scriptures, you understand why Jesus went to Bethlehem was because of what? A census. All right. It's also used for conscription, and that is that Different, different organizations and governments over time need to have able-bodied men to go fight in the wars and that sort of thing. Conscription means we can want to come in and see how many eligible men of uh, fighting age you had, and those would be identified to come forward. But the founding fathers identified and said, hey, we need to have a census in order to determine every 10 years how many people are there for representation. Now, from a historical note, we understand that the three-fifths compromise, which identified back in the early censuses, that slaves were counted as three-fifths of a person. Why? Because the southern states wanted to have identification of population so they would be able to have, what, their representation to be inflated based upon people who did not have an opportunity to vote and or participate in any other civil liberties in this country. But that's another conversation for another time. So today, and moving forward, the impact of the census has really come down to three basic things, cousins. It's called reapportionment. Reapportionment says the number of seats that an individual state has in Congress. Recognize there's always two senators for every state, but the number of members of the House of Representatives can, in fact, change based upon the state's population, right? The other portion of that key, and this is where your work comes into play, cousins, is redistricting. That your state legislature has the opportunity, based upon the information from the census, to re 
district their state, your state, my state, in regards to what constitutes a district for representation into Congress. And cousins, at a later point in time, I'm going to show you some of those redistricting maps on our information and how they draw them is like, eh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Other than, as we've known, we've heard through a number of legal cases going forward, it's by different parties to redistrict the, the populational structures in order to what? Make districts that are all Republican or make districts that are predominantly Democratic and relatively few that are mixed in order to get the real dynamic synergy, communication, and dialogue that provides for a democracy to work best. Steel sharpening steel, as opposed to safe versus safe. And there's one price a little bit better than that than the other, shall we say. And the third and most, another additionally important aspect is that federal funding distribution comes out of that. So you think about federal funding, so we all pay taxes in the federal government, not everybody, not corporations, not a lot of rich people, but not a lot of poor people, but people pay taxes. I do, you do. And those monies that go and come back to the states and back to the communities in different forms based upon population. And you think about that, that kind of makes sense, that a more popular state may need additional things that a less popular state may not need. And so those things start to come out, and they represent about $675 billion, that's with a B, dollars a year. $675 billion. So what do those, those things go for? Well, they're allocated for roads. It's allocated for schools, hospitals, health centers, emergency services, et cetera. There's a whole long list. All of those dollars, cousins, come back to us who? We the people, based upon that census information. So that's important. And who makes those decisions as to where those dollars are allocated? Well, they come back to the state governments in order to then be able to be determined by our elected state officials, governor, house representative, and senates, as your state indicates, to determine where they allocate those dollars and for what purposes. So as you start looking at your state and saying, gee, maybe our schools aren't quite up to speed. Maybe our hospitals need some help, and they all do after this COVID activity, right? Maybe our roads need some improvement. Come on, cousins, you drive down the road, and if you're breaking rims and hurting tires and hurting your, trans hurting your front end alignments because of your roads, you need some help, right? You know what it takes. If you get your truck running through and hit a pothole, that's not a good thing. So, those three elements, reapportionment, redistricting, and federal funding uh, distribution are critical aspects of information that come directly from the census. There's also a lot of other information that comes out of the census, cousins, and we're going to try to start providing you with some snippets of that information over time. The census data is voluminous in regards to how they then go about you know, analyzing and documenting and cross-checking all the information about the population in the United States. If you look at the description, it's usacensus.gov. Check it out. We're going to give you some information over time. So now, based upon the recent government census, there's about 331 million cousins in the United States of America. Okay? That's an improvement or an increase of almost 30-some million, I believe, since the last census. 
okay? So, you know, congratulations. Hey, everybody, how you doing? But the bad news is, think about it, cousins, we're not the most populous country in the world. There's China, like 1.3 billion people. There's India, like 1.2 whatever billion. There's a number of relatively large countries. So we have to recognize that from population standpoint, we're not the biggest. That has implications on a lot of things, cousins, that we'll talk about in future episodes, like carbon footprint, like impact, economic activities, you know, those kind of things that are kind of important. Right, cousins? So let me just give you a couple things that kind of came out of the recent census that might be of some interest to you. The top five states in regards to population in the United States is number one is California, two is Texas. You heard me talk a lot about the good cousins down in Texas. Number three is Florida. They've been on the list too. Number four is New York. Number five is Pennsylvania. You think about those cousins in those states, they represent the most populous states in the nation. So therefore, what happens in them, not only in regards to electoral college, in regards to their economies, in regards to the impact and significance, has impact and significance on all the rest of us, right? I mean, just because of sheer numbers. Some of the other aspects that come out of that is the top cities in the country are four. I'll give you a chance to take a guess at what they might be. Well, still, number one is New York, New York City. If you haven't had a chance to visit, I'm sure they want you to come visit sometime. Don't believe all the bad. Don't believe all the good. All in all, New York's a great place to go visit. Los Angeles, the city of angels. Okay, certainly wonderful. Got great teams. Good place to visit. Spend some time. Chicago, Chi-Town. Okay, I'm from Connecticut. We have, we have pizza here. In Chicago, they have deep dish pizza. pizza. Check it out. You do your own comparison. Also, it's a great place to be. And if you go in the winter, bundle up. Okay? And last but not least on the list is Houston, Texas. Okay? We hear a lot about Houston in regards to some of the hurricane activities and, and water coming through. But great folks down in Houston, I have some friends and relatives live down there as well. All right? Those are our top four. But here's something you might not have thought about. Just one of the little tidbits that starts to come out of that is that... In regards to populate, so the other aspects, and I'll get back to this, is why we need to do that. For, it turns out, Washington, D.C., remember the District of Columbia, where the, where the nation's capital is, has more population than Vermont and Wyoming. Wyoming has a lot of land mass. Vermont, the Green Mountain State, was one of, the, I think the Green Mountain State, was one of the first, uh, first of the 13 colonies. Washington, D.C. has more population. I don't know what to say about that. I do, but draw your own conclusion. So we started looking at this whole thing, cousins. This information is coming out to your state legislatures in September of 2021 in regards to them to start to do the reapportioning and the redistricting work within your state. You need to become involved with that. You need to pay attention. You need to attend the hearings. You need to ask questions about, is this fair? Is this giving us the best decision-making possible? And by the way, the best 
competition for the decisions. Because I think, we've kind of, I think we can kind of agree, cousins, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, or somewhere in the middle, not fascist, we're not talking about those folks, but if you're one of those groups, different concepts and different ideas, let's have the best one come forward for our country. Certainly that contention and that rigorous debate is what is the crucible of democracy that gives us the best ideas. Those are the elements where diversity and democracy are the strengths of the United States. When we have those things working for us, we become stronger, we get better ideas, we get better engagement. You with me, cousins? And that then is what the redistricting discussion that's occurring right now in all the states across the country is going to start to help to identify and come forward. I believe it's done once over the next 10 years. So cousins, we need to become engaged. You know, regardless of whether or not you have a Democratic-leaning state or Republican-leaning state, it doesn't matter. The question is, is your state leaning toward what's better for the United States of America and, in fact, for your state? Why? Because as we just discussed, you get more money to your state based upon how well the whole country's doing. Right, cousins? Think about that. It's not you and your state and you want to have the only, only, only idea or concept. You get, based upon your population, the best ideas that come down from everybody. So it's no longer a question. So, so your motivation, I would contend, is that we all become invested with what's better for us, we the people. Because we travel around the country, don't we, cousins? We go to different places for concerts. We go to different places for games to see the beauty, the national parks. Everybody participates when everybody can do the best we can. That's why, cousins, your involvement now in regards to getting the best ideas going forward matters. And let me wrap up on this one, cousins, which is really critical. And as I see, it's going to be a theme going forward on brown liquor and bad ideas, and that is of education. Now, a couple of weeks ago, last week, I talked about China in regards to them being in space. The only way you can participate being in space is with technology. Technology, engineering, and folks who have those scientific aspirations, ideas, and capabilities. Based upon the 2020 census, and let me get this right, they were talking about 25 years or older, i.e. after you've had a chance to theoretically complete your college education timeframe, by no means is that saying that you have to finish by age 25. I worked with a number of students who were older than that and continued that great process for all you students who are older than 25 of advancing your education and your opportunities in this world. But for those who were over 25, based upon the census, it was like 83.7 million had a bachelor's degree or more. You with me? 119 million point one cousins had a high school diploma. And then there were, just to make sure I'm right, 20.2 million cousins who didn't have a high school diploma. Now, let's hope that the majority of that 20.2 number were senior cousins, of which in their day and time, perhaps a high school diploma, you could still make a living, you could still take care of your family, and it wasn't as significant. For those other cousins who were in the middle with high school diplomas, we need to do more work with that. 
and continue to grow. For those cousins on the college degree track, okay, we need to continue to grow that. Why? Because until we improve our technological capabilities through higher education, we are in peril in my recommendation, in my assessment. Right, cousins? Okay? Because everybody doesn't go into technology. You can have a college degree and be in the arts and be in the music and be in the sociological aspects. There's all sorts of different areas other than the hard scientists which have, which have different aspects and different capabilities. But to have a rounded, complete, competitive country for the 21st century, we need them all. You with me, cousins? So the key is we're going to get back to education in future episodes, but right now what you need to do is start talking to your state legislatures, become involved with understanding of what their redistricting plans are and why they're taking the steps that they are and do those steps that they take going to improve the performance and the capabilities of the rigor of the debate for what's right for our country for all of us. You with me, cousins? So, get involved. Start talking to your state legislatures, understand what the plans are, and let them know that you're paying attention. Because when we're not paying attention is why things happen that you really don't understand and don't make sense to you. And results in a bunch of bad ideas, cousins. So, thank you for joining me on this week on Brown Liquor and Bad Ideas. You take care of yourselves. Have a drink, continue wearing your mask, and we'll see you next week. We are the people. the show. Here we go again. Hey, cousins.